I sat here for like eight minutes and rambled into my microphone before I realized that I did not press the record button. So I'm going to try this again. <clears throat> Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this uh, relatively new podcast that I do, and I'm so sorry, but I literally just sat here for like eight minutes before I looked at my computer screen, and it wasn't showing a time, so I realized Luckily, I didn't sit here for an hour, but I sat here talking to my microphone, thinking that I had already hit the record button, and for whatever reason, I had not hit the record button. Speaking of buttons, I got a phone app called Instant Buttons. And um, this is because I thought that I'd hit my record button when in fact I really didn't. Bruh. Or if you didn't hear that, maybe you'll hear this. So, with that being said... And I just wasted eight minutes or nine minutes, maybe ten minutes of my life that I'll never get back. I don't know, I started at like 9.30 and my clock right now, not only on my phone, but also on my laptop, seems to express that it's 9.40. So, had that been the case, we're going to be looking at a gentleman, a man known as Eddie Guerrero. Now, what exactly does Eddie Guerrero have to do with this podcast why exactly and this is what I was saying into my microphone before you know I figured out that I wasn't recording anything um why is it that I keep jumping from program to program with no real continuity whatsoever and the reason for that is because I myself don't have any continuity I myself don't have any um any real structure as far as these podcasts go. I just wait until around 7 or 8 o'clock at night, start recording, hope that I get to bed early because i got to wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning. But nonetheless, what I mean to say is that it's somewhat almost displeasuring, especially for my audience, I would imagine, when... I don't have any continuity set up, you know? Nothing really that I talk about on a consistent basis. I simply just go by and, hey, here's a review of this. Hey, here's a review of that. Here's a review. And that's what this is. This is a, a wrestling podcast where I review different things and various other things. And someone else that I would like to talk about who... I feel like has no continuity in their life. And his name is, um, he's the Wrestling Observer, ladies and gentlemen. And he is in the wrestling community. He's what we call cancer. 
He's absolutely toxic to anyone who's a WWE fan, mostly because growing up, John Cena never signed his autograph, I'm guessing. Um, his name is Dave Meltzer, or Dave Metzer, or Dave... I, I, I don't know his last name, I, I'm sorry. Little Mr. David here thinks that it's funny to make a mockery of wrestling reviews, you know? Let's put it this way. Um, let me think. I don't know if it was 2019 or last year, 2020, or for that matter, if it was 2018. What I know is that he gave away all the Category A rewards to AEW. Now, Category A rewards are categories like Best Commentary, Best Tag Team in Professional Wrestling, Best Heel, Best Face, um, Best Champion, Best Commentary, you know, stuff like that. And I can understand him giving away some of those Category A rewards to WWE, but not, or I'm sorry, to AEW, but not every one of them, you know? Like, these are his opinions, and he gives away rewards for them. These are actual rewards, like trophies, medals, that you can hang on your wall. That you can say, hey, look, Mom, I earned something today. But for him, he's giving them away like they're candy. And he gives them away to only one company. Because apparently he doesn't like the product in WWE. And I say, if you don't like it, then don't watch it. You don't have to get upset that they are a different programming than what you are accustomed to or what you, you know, if you're calling yourself a wrestling um, analyst or for that matter, a wrestling journalist, then you can't be upset when they don't do something that you don't like, you know, because they're there to entertain the fans. They're not there to stroke your ego. It's hard to explain, I guess you could say, but I just wanted to get that out of the way really fast. And now that the first eight minutes of this podcast have, once again, this time I have hit the record button, have kind of um, gone, so to speak. I'm going to go ahead and start by saying that I found an article online. Usually I don't do this type of thing, find an article online, read a little bit about it, didn't read the entire article, need I mind you, because I was afraid that it was full of spoilers, so I didn't read the entire article, just enough to know that I'm not going to be um, copying everything that they say, plagiarizing everything that they say, because I'm going to be putting my own opinions, or for that matter, my own review, or for that matter, into my own words, 
is what I should say. <clears throat> I should never use the word opinion. But I did. So, it's there. I can't change it. Nonetheless, on the May 27th, 2002, Monday Night Raw is what we will be reviewing first. And then next, we will be reviewing um, the same year, just a few months later. Alright, so Benoit comes to the ring. Chris Benoit. Um, this is how the the show opens. Chris Benoit comes to the ring and he basically um comes out and then he starts basically saying, Hey guys, I'm not I'm not ready to compete yet. Um, you know, I, I'm a little bit injured, but it's so glad to be right here back in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Which I didn't know was a place, but I guess they, they just kept saying, Oh my god, he's here in Edmonton. It's Edmonton. Edmonton. Here we are in Edmonton. I'm guessing it's a French place. I'm not sure. But, um... Afterwards... He starts talking a little bit, and Chris Benoit does, and Eddie Guerrero comes out and interrupts Benoit. And Eddie starts to talk about how jealous um, Benoit is. Guerrero talks about how jealous Benoit is of him. Okay, so in the 90s... um. As I said, this was kind of early 2000s. Uh, what am I kidding? We're still in the early 2000s. But um, this was early, early 2000s. 2002 to be exact. So, anyway, in the 90s, around 5 or 6 or 10 or 12 years ago, before the timeline 2002 happened... Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero were together in a uh, group known as the Radicals. And the Radicals consisted of four people. Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Perry Saturn, and Dean Malenko. They defected from WCW into the WWE as sort of these... um. These, um, I can't find a better word other than radicals. These guys who followed almost no rules and did anything that they wanted to. And, um, Eddie's basically coming out telling Benoit that he's jealous of him because of their time spent in the radicals. And he's saying that he's the better radical he literally said that. <clears throat> so, anyway, it shows what happened the week prior. The week, one week ago, I guess you could say it would be May 20th, 2002. Um, what happened on that episode of Monday Night Raw, whenever, whenever Steve Austin 
came up to Eddie Guerrero in a bar and um, is asking him some questions. And then Eddie just acted like he didn't he didn't know Steve or like he didn't care to know Steve Austin or for that matter, like Steve Austin was nothing more than a ghost in the room and he was just ignoring him. So whenever uh, Steve felt like he was being ignored, Austin walked away and um, Eddie knocked him in the head with a beer bottle knocked him upside his head with a beer bottle and then after that he just walked away and they were in a, at a nightclub of some sort is what it showed but that was a week prior um and eddie was so worried too he was like austin's not gonna be here tonight what are you talking about holmes on delay I'm speaking a whole bunch of Spanish gibberish, but, um, you know, that's Eddie Guerrero for you. Match one was, uh, and for those of you wondering, yeah, I'm not just going to talk about Eddie Guerrero and the Eddie Guerrero match that happened here. It would be much easier content for me not to hunt down a whole bunch of Eddie Guerrero matches. It would be much easier if I was to review the entire night of Monday Night Raw rather than just one Eddie Guerrero match after another. For those of you wondering, the anniversary of Eddie Guerrero's death recently came and went. He died at, what, 39, 35? I know that he was, wasn't even probably wasn't even 40 when he passed away or at least that's what it said on Instagram if I remember correctly had that been the case uh, match one is for two titles the women's and the European okay there's a problem with this match it says that it's for two championships right but um, it's I don't think it is because it's an intergender tag team match that's supposed to be for two championships. So does that mean if Trish was to pin um the European champion that she would get the European title? Or what? On top of that, here's here's my problem with that, okay? Trish Stratus is the women's champion at the time. And um, she wins the match for her team. The only thing that the announcers say is, quote, Trish keeps her woman's championship. But her intergender partner, Spike Dudley, doesn't get a championship around his waist, despite the fact that this was supposed to be for two championships. Her team literally won, literally pulled off the victory, but Spike Dudley doesn't get the championship despite the European title being on the line. It's a little mind-boggling for me, especially if both championships were on the line. 
But anyway, then afterwards, we turn to a, a segment between Jacqueline um, attacks Stevie Richards and pins him and gets, no, she gets a two count. Sean Stasiak gets a two count. Boss Man gets a two count. And then Terry Reynolds pins to win the Hardcore Championship. The 24-7 rule still in effect. Stevie Richards gets gets a roll-up pin, and he retains his Hardcore Championship. As per the 24-7 rule, you're supposed to defend the Hardcore title anywhere at any time. NWO segment where Kevin Nash, for some reason, tells the NWO members X-Pac and Booker T um, that if they lose their match, he's talking to like the entire NWO, uh, well not the entire NWO, as I've stated in previous episode, the entire NWO was probably made up of like 80 members. And in this case, he was talking to like five of them. It would be the Big Show, um, Booker T, and um, X-Pac. And he's talking to like three, maybe four, because I remember seeing a, a few more people there. He says, if they lose their match tonight, they will be kicked out of the NWO. But um, Booker T and X-Pac versus the Hardy Boys. I give that one two out of five stars. Um, And afterwards, Booker T says, hang on, man. Hang on. I just can't leave. Just can't leave the the match. I just can't leave the, the ring without giving these people what they came here for. And then... Almost like Sean Walkman's looking at him like, what did they come here for? I'm so confused. Then Booker T hits the Spinneroonie. And um, Bubba Ray catches Paul Heyman trying to, quote, check up on a unconscious Trish Stratus. And he pretty much throws him. And I mean, he puts his hands around that boy's neck and he, like, throws him across the room. Okay, so Tommy Dreamer, for some odd reason, they turn to a segment that shows Tommy Dreamer coming to the ring. He picks up a microphone and then he starts to say something like, um, you know, I think that there's been a misconception about me about me, Tommy Dreamer. There's been this this elephant in the room about me, and I want to clear it up, is basically what Dreamer says. And him saying this, he practically, like, this is completely and utterly uncalled for, unless there were, like, segments before this to show, like, uh, how, I guess you could say, dirty or 
Um, you'll see what I mean here in a second after I get done explaining the uh, segment that they aired on television. <clears throat> on television. But this might turn your stomach, you know? Like, if you were there to watch it. It kind of did mine, you know? But anyway, Undertaker, uh, Tommy Dreamer segment. Tommy says he wants to clear up some misconceptions about him, some misunderstandings about him. Then spots a man eating, eating a hot dog. It's almost immediately clear what Tommy Dreamer wants to do. He, he comes out, he says, I want to clear up some misconceptions about me. He's looking around the room. And what does he see? He sees a man eating a hot dog, and then he asks him over, even, he's got a microphone in his hand, keep that in mind. He asks the man eating the hot dog if he's going to finish the hot dog. And the guy was like, yeah, of course I'm going to finish my hot dog. And he, he's got like three other hot dogs in his lap. And um, Tommy Dreamer reaches for one of the hot dogs. The man literally spills all three hot dogs on the floor, and Dreamer then proceeds to go over the ramp, like the railing that the wrestlers are told to stay away from, and the fans as well are told to stay away from. Tommy Dreamer steps on one of those hot dogs that I just mentioned, and afterwards, Dreamer proceeds to pick up one of those hot dogs from the ground the cold hard floor and eats it then gets back in the ring and says see i'm just a normal human being normal average guy just like you guys so then the undertaker's music hits undertaker gets into the ring he basically says okay okay we're gonna stop this whole charade right now Mr. Ordinary Man. And Undertaker sounds upset already. He goes ahead and uh, he tells him, since you're just a normal average guy, I'm going to ask you to get the out of my ring. And so Tommy Dreamer tries to leave. And um, when he does... Undertaker says, you know what? I've got something better in mind. Undertaker then takes a... He, he takes a cup of spitting tobacco and he spits a good loogie into it. So he spits into this cup of spitting tobacco that's already full of spitting tobacco. And after he does that, ladies and gentlemen, he tells Tommy Dreamer to drink it. And Tommy Dreamer drinks it, looks at The Undertaker, and says, yeah, it's actually kind of pretty good. The whole time, King, Jerry the King Lawler... Laura is just going nuts and saying stuff like, oh, I bet it tastes like toilet water. Anyway, after Undertaker tells him to drink it, 
the spitting tobacco, and he refuses multiple times. Undertaker says, you're going to drink it, or I'm going to kick your ass. So he drinks it. It's kind of nasty. It's it's kind of a little bit sussy. You know, you know, it's a little bit sussy. Nonetheless, match three shows um, Bubba Ray versus Brock versus Brock Lesnar. I give it three out of five stars. Um, Bubba Ray is the first person, according to Jim Ross here, Bubba Ray Dudley is the first person to pin Brock Lesnar and get three near falls. Get three two counts. <laughs> According to JR, at least. According to Jim Ross. Match number four sees the Big Show versus Bradshaw. I gave it one out of five stars because it's over before it even started. It's it's not that good, ladies and gents. Booker T calls Gold Dust. Okay, so Gold Dust walks into the room and he's he's painted up in the NWO colors, the white and black. And um Booker T in a segment calls Gold Dust. He says, "Look at you, man. You look like an Oreo cookie." RVD says he's he's great at climbing the ladder of success. Match five is Gold Dust versus Crash Holly. One out of five stars. It was over before it even started. So instead of reviewing multiple Eddie Guerrero matches, I just thought that I would pick a few from a few uh, from a few lists that someone else has already picked, so that I would know where the Eddie Eddie Guerrero matches. Were so that I would know where to f- locate them, where to find them. But I'm not just going to do a whole compilation of Eddie Guerrero matches wherever I'm just sitting here talking about Eddie Guerrero matches. <clears throat> Nonetheless, match number six is a title match champion Eddie Guerrero versus RVD. No. This one was a fantastic match. Like I said, we're talking about Eddie Guerrero here. This one was absolutely fantastic. They gave it a full, like, 25 minutes TV time, and it did not disappoint, ladies and gentlemen. It was a banger of a match. This is why they were the main event for the Intercontinental Championship. Champion Eddie Guerrero faced off against challenger RVD in what I rated a five-star match. Five out of five, that's a perfect five right there. And that's only the second five-star match that I've given away. For those of you wondering, though, I will be covering AEW content as well, not just WWE. I will be covering Impact Wrestling. 
content soon. I will be covering a lot more wrestling podcast or wrestling um material rather. But nonetheless, even after Eddie loses, Steve Austin, as I stated before, Austin was in rather a bitter mood um, after Eddie attacked him last week. But the thing that I like is the fact that they waited until after the match before Austin actually went through with the attack on Eddie. I think that it would have probably... It, it would have made it less of a good match had Austin come out and attacked Eddie and cost him the Intercontinental Championship. Regardless of the fact that knowing that, you know, RVD was going to win anyway. Which I wouldn't have known that, being a, a viewer looking from the outside. Nonetheless, what I mean to say is that um, that brings me to our next um, our next Monday Night Raw, where I got the second Eddie Guerrero match that we are going to look at today. So, apparently, this date that I have written down here, 7, which is July 22... 2002, um, apparently that's the day that Eric Bischoff started running, started running Monday Night Raw for the first time. So anyway, Bischoff's first day in power, he tells HBK to, to be Triple H's manager. HBK has a problem with that, seeing as though that He's leaving. He's leaving starters to leave Triple H. Oh man, what what did I put here? Hang on one second. It's a low lighting. I can't see crap. He's got a problem saying he's okay. He says that he's leaving. My fault. Um. <clears throat> Starts to leave, but Triple H tells him, asks him to stay. It's telling him that he's got a plan. I do apologize for that. Um, this is a ladder match. It's match number one. Yep, it's match number one. It's a title match for a unification of two titles, and that would be the um, U.S. title and the European Championship. Um, I gave it three out of five stars. Honestly, it wasn't that good anyway. It was Jeff Hardy versus RVD the, to unify two championships. It seemed like it would have been a pretty good match on paper, but honestly, it was it was pretty short. I mean, I don't like those short matches wherever they try to give you your 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 things, but um, it looked like that it had everybody's like crap getting in and it also had well it just almost horribly organized you remember the last match that we looked at what was it uh it was a 
Oh no, I'm missing a match. I'm missing a match. Oh, fuck, 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 fuck. No, I'm not. Okay, the last match that we looked at, uh, Eddie Guerrero versus RVD. Some guy from the fan, one of the fans, and you can see this on the network too. Um, I think that that was May 27th, 2002. Yeah, May 27th, 2002, an episode of Monday Night Raw. If you was to look at that match specifically, it was the main event. Yeah. Match number six was the main event. And um, what ended up happening was there was some guy from the crowd who jumped the barricade and started punching Eddie Guerrero. Why? I'll never know. I guess he's an RVD fan and he did not want to see RVD lose. The RVD won anyway, so, I mean, it really doesn't bring cadence to the fact that this guy, <laughs> he's just jumping barricades and stuff. It's, um, it's a little bit weird when you think about all the stuff that happens on that night. Tommy Dreamer eating tobacco spit, oh, nasty, and then he eats a hot dog off the ground, oh, no thanks. But um, aside from that, I don't really remember Tommy Dreamer having like a very long gimmick where he was like some disgusting pig or something and trying to convince everyone that he was just a normal Joe. But... Anyway, it was Eric Bischoff's first day at power. 7-22-2002. And, um, it was unification match for, and I gave it three out of five stars. I've already went through that one. Okay, so this one's, this one's funny to me. I thought that this one was supposed to be a match because the announcer actually announced the person who came out, um, Christopher Nowinski, who was apparently the only Harvard graduate from WWE. I wrote down verses and then I was trying to figure out who he was facing when The Undertaker's music hit and The Undertaker basically basically came out to kick the boy's ass. And he told him he didn't care how educated he was. Because for some reason, Nowinski kept saying, You people are as dumb as a box of rocks. Because I'm the only Harvard graduate from WWE. Or from Harvard to ever be on WWE television. There I am scratching my head thinking, Where's David Otunga when you need him? Because... <clears throat> When David Otunga was wrestling professionally, WWE said he was the only Harvard graduate. They must have forgot about Christopher Nowinski. Anyway, moving on. There's a segment with The Undertaker where I put in place of a match because I'm an idiot.
Trish Stratus and Bubba Ray Dudley versus Molly Holly and William Regal. I gave it two and a half stars out of five. It wasn't too good and it was very short. Not a knock on Bubba Ray or Trish Stratus and I did like the hot tag that they had once or twice. But that was about it. Tommy Dreamer versus Brock Lesnar in get this a Singapore a Singapore cane match. What are the rules of a Singapore cane match? Well, it's very simple. You get to beat your opponent with a bamboo stick. And um it's legal. They don't they can't say anything to you about it. The referee won't say anything to them about it anyway. But I give it one out of five stars. It was... It was terribly, terribly short. And I mean, it wasn't like it was some drawn together... Maybe it was. Maybe it was just put together at the last minute because that's the way that it, it kind of came off like, oh, God, we need another minute, 75 seconds of uh nothing but action and we don't have anybody else who's working tonight. Oh, I know. Tommy Dreamer. Come on out here. We know that just a few months ago we had you... um. And drinking the Undertaker's um, tobacco spit for whatever reason. But we want you to um, lose to Brock Lesnar. So that's why I gave it one out of five stars. It just didn't make any sense, you know? Like, just a thrown-together match last minute. Well, The Rock came out later on in the night, and he started talking about he started talking about his new movie and all the great things, all the great things that were to come later on in the night, and talking about how great Grand Rapids, Michigan, is because that's where they were at, and he started just. This this was a pretty good one. Okay, so about halfway through the Rock speech that he's giving, Eddie Guerrero shows up, and um, his music hits at the most opportune time. Whenever he comes out, and then he's like, "Listen, listen, listen, Rocky. Nobody wants to hear about everything that you've done in your life or in your career." Nobody cares, Caron. Nobody cares, Holmes. Basically, Eddie just comes out and just tries his best on the mic to bury The Rock. But The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, had other plans this night. And one of those plans was to be extremely racist toward Eddie Guerrero. So... First, he asked him, 
He asks Eddie Guerrero. He tells him, oh, no, Eddie, I've seen you in in films, too. Yeah, he says, matter of fact, I got a question for you. He says, were you Cheech or were you Chong? One of the most racist comments you can ever make. And I'm surprised that they did not cut it out of the network. But nonetheless, after Tommy Dreamer versus Brock Lesnar, and The Rock comes out, <clears throat> the The Rock, for one reason or another, he comes out, and Eddie interrupts him. And when Guerrero interrupts him, he basically lays it down thick like sauce on pasta that he's not going to be taking any more of Eddie Guerrero's abuse. And he's going to basically put Guerrero where he belongs. And that's what he does. He... So The Rock gives this little nugget right here after Eddie Guerrero says that he's got the best mullet in America. He says my haircut. He's like, this is the people's mullet. They get to talking about Eddie's kids, how Eddie, um, how Guerrero has a, uh, a daughter, and on his daughter's wall is a a uh, poster of Eddie Guerrero, and beside of that poster of Eddie Guerrero in her room is also a poster of The Rock from his new movie, Scorpion King. So, Eddie went ahead and tore the poster off of the wall of his daughter, and um, he started ripping it up and getting up in her face and saying, you don't like that. You never like that. Or some heelish antics. And in the middle of Eddie Guerrero's rant about what he was doing to his kid while she had a Scorpion King poster on her wall and he was trying to discipline her about it. In the middle of her or his rant, The Rock stopped him, and then he's like, what kind of psychopath are you? You don't treat children like that. You don't scorn them for what they like. And by the time that Eddie gets done with his little monologue that he's talking to himself about, The Rock puts it down thick for Eddie. This is the best insult that I've ever heard anyone, like, in the history of insults, give to someone else. He basically told Eddie that he looks like, with with the mullet, once again, the people's mullet. For whatever reason, that's the people's mullet. And he says, you look like, Ray, you look like Billy Ray Cyrus. 
had sex with a retarded hyena. What? Billy Ray Cyrus had sex with a retarded hyena. Oh, man, that's just... That's the best insult that you could come up with if you were talking about somebody. You don't make a your mama joke. You know, you don't say, go sit on a pine cone. That's what you say. You say something like, oh, you look like a goldfish gave birth to a seahorse and the seahorse had a baby and you was the baby. You know, that's that's something that you say. You look like the back end of a horse's ass, you know, something like that. They probably smell like one, too, at that point. But, uh... Bischoff... Feeling a little bit generous because he's being basically harassed by both D'Lo Brown and Sean Stasiak gives them three minutes to entertain him. And it's just that. It's three minutes. So, after they get their three minutes and probably 22 seconds of fame, three-minute warning debuts. Now, for those of you who don't know who three-minute warning is, they were just bodyguards and lackeys, basically. They just came out and would say, I don't think that my microphone's picking that up, so that's why I keep repeating it, because I don't notice the sound bars going up on my laptop. Eric Bischoff would look at his wrist, and then he would say, Oh, you've got about three minutes. And then they would uh, automatically, almost always, show up. And their theme song was, Three minutes and we're out of here. The clock is ticking and we're out of here. Got three minutes and we're out of here. Something like that. Okay, so the next match, match number five, showed them uh, Goldust and Booker T as a segment. Uh, it says segment. I don't know why it says that. Goldust and Booker T... Oh, okay, there was a Gold Dust and Booker T segment. Got it. Where Booker T would face off against Chris Benoit. Where I spelled Benoit wrong. Of course I did. Three and a half stars, though. Um, Seemed like a pretty good match. Big Show versus Spike Dudley. And honestly, it was over before it started. Because it was just... Big Show picking on Spike Dudley for being small. And Eric Bischoff was um, cheering him on the entire time. Telling him stuff like, hey, you should get the tables. You know, and then Bubba Ray came out to try to save. Um, and Bubba Ray said in previous interviews that it sucked working with the Big Show because he was so hard to move. And he didn't know, like, he didn't know how to move. And it made it look like it was like him trying to push a skyscraper by himself. Is what Bubba Ray had previously said. 
but it was over in a blink and I really don't and I'm going to assume that other people don't like that that kind of you know those kind of matches where it's like oh look at that he's there and now he's gone you know like there's no point in putting stuff like that into uh, uh, wrestling content let alone into wrestling matches or wrestling cards in my opinion the big show should be facing off against other big guys that way that if it does make him look strong and in which case it will make him look strong because he's facing guys in his own league and not just guys who are like 150 pounds you know like spike dudley I mean, I was 50 pounds whenever I was 7 years old, if that tells you anything, and that's because they thought I had an eating disorder, which wasn't true at all. I was just never hungry. I didn't have an appetite, if anything. <clears throat> which, not having an appetite does not translate to having an eating disorder, people. But at 7 years old, I was 50 pounds. Big Show versus Spike Dudley. And um, then we've got this. Triple H, Pedigrees, Shawn Michaels. Triple H, Pedigrees, his good buddy, a good friend of his, HBK, is to set up for their 2002 Survivor Series match, which I've seen three different times. Eddie Guerrero... Versus The Rock. And that was a decent match. It wasn't like something to write home about. And it really wasn't anything that was like overachieving, overreaching. It wasn't like... You know, you know I, I just gave it three and a half stars out of five because I felt like giving it four stars would have been a little bit generous. And the only thing that I seen really was like a um, a counter out of the rock bottom, which I thought was pretty clever from Eddie. But he only countered it one time. And then I was like, oh, come on, you can counter the second one. You can counter the third one, you know, like it would have been so much cooler to see Eddie Guerrero countering the rock bottom left and right seeing the rock go back to the well and and um try to dig deep just to find a way to beat him but then he realized that he can't beat him because all that trash that he was talking earlier like i told you he he said something about eddie guerrero looking like the love child of a a retarded hyena and billy ray cyrus if they were to have sex you know like telling somebody that they look like a fish is Honestly, a great, a great, um, open, opening, um, comment as far as, like, insults go. Insult School 101, you want to make sure that they know that <clears throat> you know exactly how to insult them. Because if you don't know how to insult somebody, then you're going to have a hard time pushing an insult into them and making it seem like 
you know, it has to hurt their feelings. And Eddie looks like, Eddie sounded like, rather, that it hurt his feelings, you know? Like, I've never heard that one before. You look like Billy Ray Cyrus had sex with a retarded hyena. Oh, boy. That's about the end of this one, um, this review. So, allow me to take the time now to say that I am very sorry, Eddie Guerrero. This episode was dedicated to you, Eddie, because... Because we miss you. There's really nothing more that I can say to communicate how much we miss you, Eddie. If you're listening, which obviously you're not, because you're you're not on, you know, you're not living, but what I mean is, it's, it's very hard to explain, but if there is a afterlife of some sort, and if you were to somehow hear this, or for that matter, if reincarnation is a thing, and you happen to be alive and well, just in someone else's body. Your consciousness has just been erased. If some wacky science, for that matter, exists, where somehow you can hear this, I want you to know, Eddie Guerrero, we never forgot you, and we always will remember you, we will always cherish you. And from the bottom of my heart, and from the bottom of everyone else's heart, who has ever been a wrestling fan, we miss you, and we love you. You will always be remembered for exactly what you are. And that is Latino Heat. May you forever rest in peace. This week I did not do a pay-per-view review. Um, and like I said, I wanted to do an episode where I told my listeners if there is someone out there who listens on a consistent basis, which I know that there's like two people because they've contacted me in one way or another telling me, hey, good job on the podcast, I really like what I'm hearing, um, I really like the content, you know, that type of thing, so, if you don't follow me on Twitter, my Twitter is P1, that's a P, the number one, underscore, don't spell out underscore, just the symbol underscore, B-A-Y-B-A-Y. Bay-Bay. If you don't follow me on Instagram, my Instagram is M-O-E.
ka underscore cpr mocha underscore cpr from there you can get my discord i don't have a server but i do have a discord and um if you want to donate money which i'm not going to ask for except for like Every 7th or 8th episode, I might make an alliteration to it, but I'm not going to beg for it. My PayPal is readily available upon request. Thank you so much for everyone who has listened up until this point. Thank you so much for joining me. And, um... Also, uh, so I paid Paige, you know, Paige, Scream for Me Paige, oh my god, this is so hard to explain, uh, the goth, the goth girl who is, or was, rather, the longest reigning Divas champion in WWE history for the longest time, you know, that Paige, Sarah Jade, whatever her name is, because it's so hard to pronounce. Her last name is Knight, if that helps you at all. Anyway, I paid her $150 on a app known as Cameo, and I'm hoping and praying that she gets my uh, Cameo out before a certain date, or before her um, Cameo appearances, rather. You know, in Cameo, there's certain dates that people are available for, and I'm hoping that she gets mine out before her deadline ends, because otherwise I'm just going to get a, I'm just going to get a refund of the $150 that I spent, um, which wouldn't be particularly a bad thing. I would just have to wait until she shows back up again, and the shout out that I paid for was for this podcast, so hopefully this gets around to everybody to let them know that they've got the right podcast, you know, like, is this the right one? I don't know. Let me check on Cameo. But nonetheless, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. I'm going to go ahead and um, end this recording now. I'd like to thank everyone once again. Thank you so much, and please don't drink tobacco spit. Don't be a Tommy Dreamer. And that's a wrap.